My name is Devin Blankenbiller, and welcome to another episode of the Going Deeper podcast, where we take time each week to dig deep into the unshakable truth and bedrock of God's Word. We learn how to attach our lives to it as we apply it to our daily situations. And uh, today I'm going to talk about the topic of Jesus lifting the depressed and hopeless. Um, have you ever been depressed? Have you ever been hopeless? Uh, honestly, I don't like that word depressed. I use the word discouraged. Uh, times that I'm down for a couple hours or a couple days. But I will confess, I, I do get pulled down easily emotionally and mentally sometimes. I feel like I fight this on a weekly or monthly basis. And if you struggle with depression or discouragement, you are not alone. Uh, depression is rampant in our world today. Over 40 million adults are considered to be depressed, and that's a 2019 statistic. So, um, I mean, imagine now as we've been going through COVID and depression has been spiking even more people in their homes, right? And it seems like the more we have as a society, you know, the more technology we even have for whatever reason just causes and breeds this depression. I think social media, as we see, you know, again, everybody's smiling faces and their perfect situation. It actually can cause us to be depressed and not like our lives. And again, this is a huge issue. And, and this is something you battle in just a little bit or a lot. We want you to know that you're not alone. Um, today, we're going to be in John 4 as we've been kind of reading through John 4 as a church. This story of Jesus meeting uh, this woman at the well. And in John 4, just reading here in verses 8 through 10, um, this woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. And the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Right? And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now, it's been said by most people who study this passage or preach this passage that this woman was probably looked down upon, mocked, disliked by the people in Samaria. Again, Jesus later exposes that she had five husbands, uh, that she's living with a guy who's not a husband. So I'm sure, you know, she just looked down in her culture for that. Isn't it interesting that many times when we're going through these hard moments, these discouraging and depressed moments, right? What do we go to? We go to the wrong things. We go to binge watching more shows. We go to eating more food. We go to spending more money, sleeping more, pushing our problems off, right? Doing whatever we can. But we do that over and over again, and nothing makes us feel better. But Jesus says, Come to me, right? Jesus says, I will satisfy the brokenness and the hurt in your soul. See, all discouragement and all depression really comes from a pain or a brokenness that's in our soul. And we need to thirst for the right things. We need to thirst for God uh, and let him be the one that satisfies our soul. Now listen, one of the ways we can actually dig deeper into God's word is when we take a theme or we see a theme in the Bible and then we compare it to another place in the Bible where we see the same theme. So, for instance, uh, in Ephesians 4, a couple weeks ago, we read and we memorized the church. Ephesians 4, 2 says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Um, and today I was actually reading in Colossians 3.12, and 3.12 in Colossians says, God's chosen one, holy and beloved, be compassionate, kind, have kindness, have humility, have meekness, have patience, bearing with one another, um, 
And if one has a complaint, forgiving one another as the Lord has forgiven you. And as I read that, I'm like, man, it's the exact same message, the exact same theme, two different books in the Bible, two different audiences, right? Um, and it, it, it confirms it. Well, reading this passage about Jesus satisfying our thirst, right? I want us to now just take a moment and just refer to Psalms 42. This is like a cross-reference. Sometimes you see little little um, verses that are, or little footnotes in your Bible. Those are cross-references that help us to see the same theme or same messages in different parts of the Bible. And in Psalms 42, we see this. So I just want to read quickly Psalms 42, verses 1 through 3, and also verse 5. Psalms 42 says this, As the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul for you, O God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food, day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? And then when you go down to verse 5, he says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why so disturbed within me? So here we see David writing, My soul is thirsting for God like a deer longing for flowing streams. I'm longing for you, right? But we also see David struggling. He's saying he's, his, he's not in a great place in his life. Sometimes we think that we should only thirst for God when things are growing great. Oh, I can't wait to pray. No, he's, he's struggling. He's saying... Day and night, my, my tears have been my food. This isn't just been a couple hour thing. This has been a multiple day. He's saying like, people are attacking me. They're mocking me. They're saying, where's your God? He's saying, my soul is downcast. Again, we see him thirsting because he's hurt. And that's where we need to be, that when we are hurting emotionally or mentally, we need to thirst for God and let him satisfy that need. So I just want to share just a little practical guide on how to thirst for God when we are downcast. And I hope that this can be like a ladder that can help us to climb up out of the pit of despair that sometimes we get into. Because again, getting deeper into God's word is, God, how can I apply this? How can I attach this to our lives? We hear Jesus, you're the living water, uh, and that you're all satisfied. Okay, how can I let that satisfaction come into our lives? So I'm just going to look at four things here in Psalms 42, other areas how David himself uses um, God's word to get him out of that pit that he's in. So number one, um, know that God is a living God. Just know and think about the truth that God is a living God. He writes, my soul thirsts for God, the living God. He says, not just thirsting for God, but wait, the living God. When we struggle mentally or emotionally, right? I mean, everything seems to be this unmanageable, over, you know, carrying us burden, right? I mean, everything's too heavy to bear. We can't go on. We can't face our problems. We can't face our fears. Our outlook on everything just says failure, doom, and gloom. And it's in those times we have to declare God is a living God. He's the only God. He's a holy God, and he's a living God. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful. God is not just some piece of wood idol that can't do anything, right? That's covered in gold, like it says in, in Isaiah 40, right? I mean, he's the living God. Uh, it grieves my heart sometimes when I see people knocking on wood, right? I mean, it's like, knock on wood, knock on wood, knock on wood for anything, as if like the wood is an idol, and, and I have to knock on this idol in order to have blessing in my life for something not to happen, right? But why trust in that idol? How about we trust in the living God who is above all things? Daniel 2.20 through 22 just speaks in my soul in these hard times. 
Daniel 2 says, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belongs wisdom and might. It says, He changes times and season. He removes kings. He sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise, he, to knowledge to those who have understanding, and He reveals deep and hidden things. When I read that passage, I say, God, you are in control of all things, and you are the living God, and we have to sometimes stand on that truth. And again, Jesus, right? Jesus didn't just die on a cross, right? He resurrected from the dead. Jesus is alive. He conquered death, and we need to grab hold of that resurrection power. We need to remember that God is a living God. Number two, we need to remember the works of God in our life, the things that he's done. So in Psalms 42, when David's struggling, he says this, he says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the multitude and lead them in the procession to the house of God. And then verse 6, Therefore I will remember you in the land of Jordan and Hermon in Mount Mitzvah. David is causing himself to stop and to remember the work of God and the things that God has done. Listen, when we're hurting the most, when we're struggling the most mentally, we must shift our mind and mentally remember what God has done, how he's been faithful. We need to remember the miracles that he's done. We need to remember not just the miracles he's done in our life. We need to see and remember the miracles he's done in other people's lives, right? Remember, remember, remember. It's a mental battle to get our mind off the issues that are pulling us down and remember what God has done. This is one of the benefits of journaling. Just practically, do you journal? You know, to journal your prayer requests, to journal your prayers, and then also to journal the way that, um, you know, that she, um, that, um, that God has answered your prayers. So I want to encourage you to journal. That's one way to help you to remember. Lately in my life, I've been going back to some of my journals from six, seven, eight years ago and just remembering what I wrote and what God spoke to my heart then to help lift me. Number three, sing to God. Sing to God, right? Verse eight in Psalms 42 says, by day the Lord directs his love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. David is singing to God. We know that David wrote many songs, of course, but listen, in his despair, he opened up his mouth at nighttime, and he would just sing, and he would sing of what God's done, and songs are prayers, right? When we sing from our souls, they're prayers, so I want to encourage as you struggle, listen, Sing a song to God, right? Find a song that is packed with truth of God's word and of his grace and in his love for his life. Sing a song not of what you need to do for God. Sing a song of what God has done for you in those hard, discouraging moments. Maybe you don't feel good enough. Maybe you don't feel righteous enough. Maybe you don't feel like you have the strength. Maybe you're mad at God because of the situation you're in. But you can choose to sing to God and let that be a prayer from your heart. So what do we need to do? We need to uh, have to know and remember that God's a living God. We need to remember uh, the works of God in our life. We need to sing to God. And lastly, I want to encourage you to preach to yourself. Preach to yourself, right? When you are down and discouraged, when you're in the dark part of your soul, just preach God's word to yourself. David says to himself in verse 5, 
Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God, right? He has reasons for being upset. Um, He's sharing the pain and the tears, right, that he's going through, but he chooses to preach to himself. He's basically saying, soul, soul, I'm talking to you, right? I'm talking to the soul inside of me. What is going on? Why are you upset? Why don't you trust the living God? Don't you know that he will bring you through this? Come on, let's get up. Let's keep going. He is going to be faithful. I know sometimes we think we're crazy when we talk to ourselves, right? But sometimes we just need to preach the word of what we know into the depths of our soul. And he even ends the whole psalm at the end of Psalms 42, verse 11. He repeats himself. So why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, and my God. And for us, we sometimes just need to preach to ourselves. I hope you can apply one of those four things. Now listen, maybe you're listening here and, and, and maybe this is helping you come out of discouragement. Maybe some of you will say, hey, I'm going to remember these things. I'm going to put them to the side so that next time I'm down, I'm going to apply these to my life. But maybe there's somebody listening here that you would say, Devin, if I'm really honest, I can't do any of those. I am in such a dark place that I feel like I can't even do any of those. And, uh, and if you are there and if you are that defeated, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you, is there anyone in your life that you would trust? Who is it that you trust? Who is the person that you know who loves you? Who is the person that you know wants only good for your life? And especially, too, who is a person in your life that knows Jesus, who will pray? Because I want to ask you that if you can't apply any of these things, if you're just in that dark of an area, I want to ask you, Will you please reach out to somebody? Will you invite them over? Will you ask them to meet with you? Can I encourage you just to trust them and just say, I know it's humbling to share the dark place. I want to speak against the thought that says uh, they're too busy for me. No, they're not too busy for you. They love you and they care for you. And and they want to be there for you. And, And I want to encourage you to just share where you're at. And then not only share where they're at, but listen, I want you to tell them, to speak into your life. Because when we are in a dark place and a hard place in our life, we need to have someone around our lives that we trust, that we know loves us, and then we need to say, speak into our, my life. And we need to listen to what they have to say because a lot of times when we're in that dark place, we don't see right. A lot of times we're in that dark place, right? We're making bad decisions. And we need someone to speak truth in our life. And then when they do... We need to listen to them. So I want to encourage you that if you can't get through this on your own, that that you reach out to someone who you know and who loves you. Well, listen, I hope these little practical ways of allowing God's living water into your soul as we face discouraging times is an encouragement to you. Again, we can say Jesus is the living water, but how do we do this? Those are just some practical steps. Singing to him, preaching to yourself, remembering what he's done, knowing he's the living God. And uh, and I just want to take a moment to just pray for you, okay? Um, wherever you're at. So let's just take a moment to pray. God, I thank you for every single person who's listening today. And you know their heart. You know what they're going through. 
And I, I pray, Jesus, that you would be the lifter of their head. I pray that they would cry out to you. I pray that they would thirst for the living God. I pray they would remember you're, you're, you're the living God, remember the things you've done. I pray that songs would come to their hearts and even in their despair that they would sing to you. And I pray that they would not be afraid to speak a word, Lord, uh, the truth of your word into their soul. And Father, there's someone who's just very down, Lord. Give them the strength at least to reach out to someone who loves them and, and someone who loves you. And I pray that they would be able to meet with them very soon, God. So help us, Lord, as we go through these discouraging times and help us to know you're the only one that can ultimately satisfy our hearts and our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, thank you for being part of this podcast. We hope that this was an encouragement. Listen, as you listen today, maybe there's someone that God wants you to pass this on to, and I would encourage you to, to, to pass this on to someone who needs some encouragement in God's Word. We love you. Thanks for being with us.